This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. Uh, Damon, I, just, I cut you off with our little sort of pre-recording chat because you started talking about giant mushroom, and it sounded like the kind of content that I thought our listeners would be into. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sort of imagining something from like World One Three of um, Super Mario Brothers, like in, in huge mushroom, sort of Mushroom Kingdom style thing. What is that? What we've got going on here? Yes, yes, that's Greg. Hi, good morning, everyone. Hi, uh, hello, or evening, whenever you plan on listening to this. Uh, we are recording in the morning. Um, that is correct. Joel is is correct in that uh, I in my office I see right outside my front yard, and uh, we have the sidewalk and then a little another patch of grass that leads to the street, uh, and I can see it perfectly in my vision. Uh, it is a mushroom, the the size of. What would be a good? I can't. I heard. I heard we got good feedback about my uh, areolas the size of drink coasters. I heard. <laughs> I heard that one over a while. Um, uh, what would be? How would I describe it? I mean, it looks like a paper plate. To be frank, uh, it, it looks like a paper. Is, is the size of a paper plate? Yeah, um, and it is white in color. And uh, yeah, I it it wasn't there before. Uh, and it was actually yesterday. Cheryl was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I was like, "I believe that is a mushroom." And it was confirmed it was a mushroom, and uh, it has since gotten bigger since yesterday, <laughs> last night. Um, it is big. It is a big fucking thing. I don't even know why how we we get them, but we get them. We got it. It's here. So if anybody wants a, a mushroom, I don't know if they're edible. I'm not about to find out. <laughs> Probably be, I'll be tripping for fucking nine days. Uh, but yeah. It's, uh, do, you, do you think we could get Andrew T. Rich to do a, a stinger for us? <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> mushroom updates. Yeah. I, want, I want this to be a, regular, a weekly segment on the show where we check in on the, the progress of the mushroom. A weekly bet? Okay. Um, we get them, just as a little backstory, we get them every once in a while. We had another one on the side of our house. Uh, and it was fucking, the, like the root of it was massive. And like, And again, they pop up like, in a day, it's not like this thing's been growing for. You know, we planted a seed and we're sowing the seed, and no, this thing just just fucking happens. Um, I live a very, I guess I live in a very moist, mushroom friendly climate because it fucking. I'm gonna put, yes, I will keep everyone updated. I will keep everyone, as I like to say, abreast, abreast of the situation. So, worst case scenario, I'm going to send you a picture on WhatsApp that this mushroom is sentient and starts walking and starts throwing some big punches like the, the giant <laughs> mushroom people in Dark Souls. My God, I've asked this woman to keep it down. She will not... Sh- Man, this is your child you're speaking of. All right, listen. I'm going to take a picture... my wife! Oh, that's... Oh, she knows oh. I'm recording here. The walls are not that thick here. So, any shenanigans that are going on out there, you're going to hear it, listener. But right, anyway... Right, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to do you a favour. Before we, before we begin, just can we? 
I'm going to take a picture of the mushroom. You can see it from my, again, from my office, you can see it. And I will now save this. It is saved. And now I will. And I'm going to tweet it with no explanation. Okay, that, that's fine. I, I, think that's, I think that's a perfectly fair and valid thing to do in this. If you're okay, if, is there any way to, well, for that's people, well, yeah. angry listeners, to discern your location? No, no, I just, no, no, no. It's, it's going to be grass and street and that's it. Okay, so uh, I'm going to zoom in just a little bit. Now, it's through a screen, mind you, but okay, there it is. And it is sent. Let me know when you get it. Yeah, I've got it. That is, that right? is a big mushroom. That that, that <laughs> circular thing is a mushroom. Yeah, I feel that this is uh, an untapped goldmine of <laughs> interesting content here for our <laughs> podcast. Because there's not much else to talk about this week, Damon. No, not really. Oh, well, I, I, I've just come back from... Um, do you, you know the, the big department store in Japan, Donkey? Yes. With a little penguin on it. Yes. Okay, so they have those in Bangkok as well. They've got a couple of them. And it's pretty much the same as it is in Japan. So I just popped out there today to get some snacks, some little treats, because big day today. It's uh, England versus Germany in the round of 16 Ooh. of uh, the Euro 2020 tournament. So I thought I'd make a little occasion. I'll have a few of my strong zeros. Got some snacks. These, little, these crisps that are like um, rings that are habanero chili flavor. And the packet is black. It's got a little scary looking chili pepper character on the front so uh yeah a bit nervous Damon this is this is a, a huge game for England now how many teams are left in this uh there are okay so six have already gone through to the quarterfinals mm-hmm. and then tonight's fixtures will determine the final two teams going through to the quarterfinals and a, a lot of people are, are speculating that the winner of this England-Germany tie is going to have a relatively simple route to the final because the winner of this England-Germany tie will then face the winner of Ukraine versus Sweden. Okay. And they will then face, if they win that game, they will face the winner of, I think it's Denmark versus Czech Republic. Right, Czech Republic beat France, right? um, It was Switzerland that was France My bad, my bad, my bad, my Swiss friends. Uh... Yeah. Okay. Well, France was the was the uh, they were the uh, predicted winners, right? They were like, yes, yeah. Ooh. They did not have a, a good game yesterday. Mm. Defensively suspect. People were accusing them of uh, assuming that they were going to win the match easily, and, and they got caught off guard. But I think all, most of us really were surprised at how uh, how strong Switzerland were. So. Yeah, it's been a very uh, exciting knockout tournament so far. For all my gripes about the group stage and how it's arguably easier to get elim- uh, easier to go through than it is to get eliminated. Uh, the, the knockout stages so far have really delivered. There's been that sense of peril. In the last 20 minutes of the games, teams are sort of going all out of attack to try and salvage things. So I hope it will be an exciting game tonight. I can't, yeah, I, you know, gun to my head, I would, I, I just, I cannot predict England to beat Germany. I can't do it. Like all my uh, experiences throughout my life have been uh, pain and, and misery and heartbreak at the hands of Germany. So why change the habits of a lifetime? This is on, uh, I believe it is 11 a.m. my time. So in a few short hours. Right? Yes. So the next time I record, there will either be joy and excitement or uh, we'll never speak of it again. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let me. All right. Let's. So I'll watch this. I'll have this on as I work. Um, I'll be rooting for England as well. Uh, Joel, I have a question for you. And it is a question we ask. 
Every once in a while. Every once in a while. Maybe once or twice I've asked you this question. But let me ask you this again. Is it coming home? Is the football coming home? At the moment, I would say no. If we beat Germany, if we beat Germany, I'm going to give you a a resounding yes. So (laughs) the the hubris of me saying that if we beat Germany, then we're just going to like waltz our way past uh, Ukraine. Yeah, you know you're losing. Yeah, you're losing to some fucking other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because you you got the Maple Leafs jinx on you. Um, I'm going to set the over under. Does England win? Give me a final score here today. Um, I will give you 1-1 and Germany winning 6-5 on penalties. Exactly like it was in Euro 96 when I was a a young, fresh-faced lad of eight years old. Was I eight years old? I can't remember. But uh, (laughs) having all my hopes and dreams smashed to pieces. Uh, before my eyes. But, uh, I'm saying 12-2 England. <laughs> well, you know, with the wacky scores that came out yesterday, I uh, wouldn't be stunned if that happened. Uh, I'll tell you what, to get the listeners invested, if England win, mm-hmm. then uh, we'll change the theme song of the podcast to uh, Three Lines. The, the it's Coming Home song, oh. so you can all cheer for Germany because <laughs> nobody wants that to happen. Okay. All right, well, listen, I'll tune in for that. That sounds like a fun time. Uh, I'll do that and... Uh, Work at the same time, and uh, oh, they'll be there. I, I I think they win. I do, I do, and I know nothing, but I, I think England wins because I want them to win. Thank you. Well, let's go on to the wrestling now. I'm going to open with a, a question today from a, a slightly disgruntled listener. Dave. Oh, so, uh, yeah. This uh, well, I'll just read the question. So this is from Antonio, who reached out to us on Twitter and said, "Already ask you guys this twice, but you oh. guys ignore it." Which is, have heard a lot of rumours about Ghetto, and also heard that fans want him out of NJPW. So what's NJPW's stance on him currently? Do they want him in, or they want him out, just like some fans want? That's my question that I asked. Well, first of all, I want to offer my, uh, my deep apologies to Antonio for uh, avoiding, deliberately avoiding that question, Damon, because it's a, it's a spicy one. That's yeah. why I, I haven't brought it up, because... We we needed to consult with the, uh, the the Super J Cast legal department to see if we can run with this. Right, it's, it's it's a very sensitive, very delicate issue. Uh, and we too, we've heard a lot of rumours about Ghetto, so I'm not reporting this one as absolute fact. These are just the whispers that I've heard from within the company. So you, you lot can draw your own conclusion. So here it is: the rumours are that the fans want Ghetto out. And the company want him out because, again, if rumours to be believed, Ghetto's pubic hair is just as scraggly as his beard. Right? It's like a it's like a mirror image down there at the top and the bottom. And allegedly, allegedly, he likes to tie a, a bandana just above his penis oh. and run around the locker room oh. cutting promos with his little John Thomas waving about. Damon, help Gato out here. What, what can he do to clean up that mess and mend these strained relationships? It is strained. I mean, the rumors, if the rumors are accurate, uh, and we've, uh, we've heard this from multiple sources that, that have said that the locker room is just in shambles because of this situation, Antonio. Uh, it is a, uh, a problem that has gone up to the uh, Bushy Road Board of Directors and... Uh, the outcry internally is that they're tired of this situation in, in which uh, a, a grown man uh, 
has yet to learn to groom and to properly care for his uh, wild and unruly pubic Like, he would run around the locker room and shove his pubic hair in people's faces. That's not a way to run, run a locker room. He'd be like, you're, you're going over tonight and shove his – that's not a way to run a locker room. Certainly. Yeah, holding a microphone by his crotch, pretending that yes. he's – Cut a promo. His, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. It's graceful. Oh, well, look. So one thing, and this is all – I didn't want to bring this up over on the air, Joel. But um, yeah, we was, were, you know, we might have to edit this out after. We might have that. <laughs> yeah, this might be something that we have to cut. Dan, please, you know, be on, be on the ready. Um, the reason. All right, might as well let let the cat out of the bag. New Japan reached out to this very show because of this situation, and I'm you know, rumors were about. Mm, uh, New Japan was trying to think of a way to to squash this and to and to uh, help this this terrible situation. Um, and they reached out to us and they said, "Look, we have this." So, sorry, Dave, we're, we're the like we're the fixers, aren't we? We're like Winston yeah. Wolf from Pulp Fiction. When there's a problem, they they leak it to us and and we make everything bad go away. Don't yep, we? yep. You're like a you're a pine kind of guy, aren't you? <laughs> uh, you're like, okay. uh, they they contacted us and they said, "Hey, what's what's a what's a? Do you have any solutions? Do you have any anything in your in your years of following the sport? Any any? Have you heard of anything that we could do to tame this situation, to get this under control? And in this secret meeting, Joel stood up and banged his hands on the desk in a very, very uh, domineering type fashion. He said, I have it. I have it. On this show, we will reveal how you can fix this. And Damon is the guy that will lead you to the promised land. And that promised land, New Japan Pro Wrestling, is manscaped. Yep. Yep manscaped.com and when Joel said that you should have seen the look on their faces it was a, it was a sense of relief it was a sense of uh, it was a sense of the, the, finally we can take care of this situation and you know not for nothing since we've been doing these manscape reads and manscape has come on board with the super j cast hasn't the product gotten much better hasn't hasn't our our fandom been been reignited hasn't everything uh seemed like it's turned a corner right remember back remember when evil won that title no manscaped now shingo's your champion manscaped right manscaped.com that's right that's where you get your grooming this is the longest read ever we've ever done (laughs) <laughs> I tell, I, I've actually got some exclusive news here. Apparently, uh, there's booking. Play. You remember that brilliant uh, Suzuki versus Goto uh, Never Title versus Hair match at Wrestle Kingdom 12? Sure. Apparently, there they, are plans to run something similar, but with uh, Ghetto's pubes uh, oh, against a. My goodness. I don't well, know. Someone, listen, <laughs> just, I, yeah, in the middle of the Tokyo <laughs> Dome, in the middle of the ring, he's pulling his shorts down. No, or he's being pinned down by the babyface wrestlers and they're shaving his crotch and he's going, ah, no. <laughs> But then he he sees it afterwards and is like, you know what? This is this looks good, and I feel a lot fresher. So thanks. 
And well, then that's his uh, baby face turn. This is, this is, look, I'm glad Antonio finally got his question through to the, to the gatekeepers here at the Super J cast because this is, this is, you know, it's, 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 we had to keep it under our hats, but now we can let it out. It's Manscaped, right? Now, if I go to manscaped.com, Joel, and I, and the brass at New Japan Pro Wrestling did the same, they will notice. The Performance Package 4.0. It's available right now. And it says right there, the right tools to do the job. Proper grooming requires precision engineered tools. Not only does a man's sensitive areas require it, but hygiene demands it. Look, ceramic blades featuring skin-safe technology. Going to protect those balls of yours. Trimming below the waist, right? Wireless charging systems, travel-friendly, waterproof. That shape, powerful performance. It is fantastic, that Manscaped groomer. And again, all the wonderful products that you can have from Manscaped. Uh, long battery life on that, on that trimmer as well. It's designed for comfort, right? And it's designed to have you fresh and smelling like a million bucks. Look. Here's what you want to do. You want to go to manscaped.com. You want to put in the code JCAST, JCAST, and you can get 20% off and free shipping for a limited time. You got to get on this pretty quick, right? Again, we got the crop cleanser. Romance your stones, it says. Oh, we got a crop reviver. It keeps those uh, boys cool, right? And a crop preserver. And that. Helps uh, take care of the ball chafing. Look, they got a product for everything. And it's all about testicular comfort. It's all about testicular grooming. Right? So get it now. Manscaped.com is where you want to go. Click on that code. JCAST is what you want to put in. 20% off. Free shipping. Antonio, he knows the way. He's, he's, he's a smart cookie. He's going to Manscaped because he knows ghetto. It's cleaned up, freshened up, and manscaped was the key. Good booking, good grooming, good smelling, good matches. It all ties together with manscaped.com. 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 Outstanding. Okay, well, let's go on to uh, something else exciting this week, which was New Japan Strong, the results from Ignition last Friday. So we opened up with a tag match with Wheeler Utah and Fred Jehai, the team that are going to be, of course, competing in the tag team turmoil. Is that what it's called? I can't remember the name of the tournament now. But they will be in it. And today they faced off, or not today, uh, on Friday, June 25th, they faced off against the DKC and Kevin Knight, two young Lion team. And it lasted seven minutes, 47 seconds, with Wheeler Utah getting the crucifix pin on Kevin Knight. Very high pace, very good, technically sound match, really good stuff. Uh, and what I like about this is we... We're getting a chance to see a guy like Wheelie Utah working from the top and showing more range by working opposite Young Lions uh, instead of you know losing what amounts to you know basically glorified squash matches. Uh, Kevin Knight, wow, that guy's got a hell of a drop kick. Very very yeah. athletic. Really excited prospect. Um, and just on a sort of a, a wider point, just watching this match made me think. You know, this is what Strong is all about right here. This is yeah. the next generation of talent who you hope will pick up that ball and run with it. And, you know, it's great to have big names like Filthy Tom, Chris Dickinson, 
John Moxley, whatever, at the top of the card. But there has been an issue in recent years, not just with New Japan, but in general, about finding younger talent in the US Indies, since we know the market leaders like to hoover everyone up. And now I think companies need to work a lot harder to find these gems and they've got to take risks on them because the landscape has changed. You know, now uh, New Japan's US division and strong, I think they've carved out a role as a place that will, will give a chance to quality wrestlers who haven't built up that profile yet. You know, you don't have the companies like Evolve anymore where, you know, it would be that sort of finishing school where then you can sort of have these guys you can pluck from the roster ready-made to fly over to Japan for the main roster. Um, so Strong now is a, a very, I think, a very attractive option for these guys who can, you know, work a Strong taping. They can also work an AEW Dark taping. They can work some other indie shows. And I think it's really important that New Japan have a seat at that table to snap these guys up if the opportunities emerge. And, and I think this is what one of the goals should be because, you know, it's great to put on good shows and, and get fans into the building. But we're a long way from where we used to be with these shows of, you know, sending the dregs of your main roster over to phone it in on a handful of stateside shows with some multi-man tag. You know, that's not going to cut it anymore. The fans won't buy it because there's real competition now, real challenges and fair play to New Japan or, or Rocky, whoever is responsible for building strong, from nothing. I mean, let's be real here. It started off as an empty arena show for for uh, stranded wrestlers who were basically treading water until they could go back to Japan. And now it's, I feel it's a lot bigger than that. It's better than that. And this match encapsulates something I think they're getting right, which is building a platform for the stars of tomorrow, offering an attractive option for top independent talent i mean like do you think these young guys are tuning on wwe raw every week watching zombies and 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 spooky child women and superhero gimmicks and thinking like fuck yeah i want to be on that show you know it's it's not a hot take here that the market leaders are, are creatively in the fucking gutter right now there's a real opportunity for companies like new japan to to take advantage of that and say to us based talent you want to be a proper wrestler come do a strong taping Come and wrestle against Team Filthy. Wrestle our dojo, boys. Train with Shibata. You know, proper fucking wrestling. Be who you want to be. Build up your name. If you do a good job, we'll bring you over to Japan. Yeah. And I think that's, that's got to be a seriously tempting offer for any self-respecting young wrestler who, who takes pride in the business. But uh, they're not just competing with WWE. They're competing with AEW and Impact and ROH. You know, there's no shortage of destinations right now if you're a quality wrestler and it's so important that new japan are a serious stateside option with the industry starting to get back on its feet in front of live crowds and i think this match uh had that in a nutshell what they're doing right right and 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 you mentioned two things one the way that the, the company did rise from the the ashes of the past two years um you know it could very well have been just a thing where just like you said wrestlers who um were stuck in in the u.s or um just needed to be on shows in front in front of no people uh in an empty arena just so they could work um it could have been just that and new japan could have just left it at that but they didn't and and the people there deserve a lot of credit for building this to what it is it's become it's become a must-watch. It's become, you know, something that we talk about just about every single week. Where again, it, it could have very easily have been just this thing that they had for a couple weeks and and threw it threw it, you know, right in the rubbish. And they didn't. Um 
I would say right now, for for my viewing pleasure, this is you know right up there with the with with the top stuff in the U.S. In fact, I think it's 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 for my viewing, it's it's the top. Um, I look forward to it every week more than other shows. My biggest concern is is okay how how does this grow? And I think fans being there will will help tremendously. Um, I guess my biggest concern has always been, and we talk about this week in and week out, is um, the fact that it is a platform that showcases talent that does make it a little bit easier to be scooped up when somebody's writing a bigger check. Um, okay. I mean, that's that. I think that's a challenge that just about everybody has. That being said, we are in a landscape different than when we were two years ago, three years ago, where you had a company that was just signing talent to sign talent and just stockpiling that talent and not really using that talent, as you can clearly see now in hindsight. Uh, and now these people that you know haven't been used, haven't been uh, marketed, haven't you haven't seen hardly at all, and some that you have that are kind of waiting. And some interesting names and and names that you would never expect to see and be available that could pose some pretty interesting options for them and strong, right? And again, I, I hate to lean on this one, but you know, three years ago, if I said the name Fred Rosser to you and said, yep, he's going to be a key in the U.S. New Japan market, you would have laughed me right off this fucking microphone. Look at him now. So I really think that that while there are perceptions of, of wrestlers that – you know, oh, you know, they wouldn't work here, or they that wouldn't be a good fit, or that's going that's an oil and water situation. I'm not I'm not so quick to to to, to cast that. I think there's a lot of interesting people out there uh, available in 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 you know less than ninety days. That not only again the young. I don't have a name yet. I'm an independent pro wrestler. I'm trying to make a name for myself. This is a great place. Let me get let me get in front of Rocky. Let me get in front of the people who make those decisions and and to get on an option. Um, along with those other guys to make a and of course the new Japan talent to make this really one of the most interesting and fun and dare I say exciting uh promotions going today. Uh, we I, last week when you rattled off that card, um, I, I, that that sounds like one of the best indie lineups <laughs> that you're going to see in the U.S. in I don't know how long. Um, I think they just have a good mix of talent. They have a good mix of styles. Um, I don't think they got a bad worker in the bunch. And again, just all these different doors that are opening now for this 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 um. Show is it's exciting, man. I, I, I they're clicking on all cylinders and getting these fans in. I think I think 
you'll see this show really take off in the next six months. Let me put you on the spot then, just picking up on something you said, you mentioned about people who've been released, people who might want to get their careers back on track, uh, and people who we might hand wave, but could surprise us, because you know, we're not really sure if they're good wrestlers or not when they're working with WWE because they're asked to do a whole range of stuff beyond uh, actual in-ring talent. So I'm looking at, well, I've got the list of names here. Aria, Daivari, Tony Nice, Fandango, Tyler Breeze, Everise, August Gray, The Singh Brothers, Arturo, Huas, Marina Shafit, Kurt Stallion, Killian Dane, uh, Tino Sabatelli. Any of those names jump out at you that you think would be a, a good option for New Japan to be pursuing when the no-compete is up? Correct me if I'm wrong. Killian Dane. That was Domo, right? Yeah, big Domo from yeah, right. uh, Britain. Yeah. Pro. I remember we were talking about him, right? And and how much we enjoyed watching him. Um, you, you might giggle at this. I think Tyler Breeze would be a good fit. Not, no, not giggling at all. I, I agree. He's yeah? A, he's a... I think he's a very uh, underrated wrestler. Yes. And I was a, a big fan of his work when he was on NXT. But then, yeah. obviously, when he goes to the main roster, he's not doing that anymore. But, uh, you know, I, I joked on Twitter that uh, he, they should sign him up to try and tempt Liger out of retirement for the big rematch. But, but <laughs> seriously, he, he maybe picking up um, Fandango as well. You know, you can't... And here's uh, the thing. You, you, don't, you don't have to have him in the same gimmick. You know what I mean? You don't have to have them, you know, fashion police or whatever they were. Or, I don't know. But I think, I think, truth be told, I think that's a no-brainer. I would, I would scoop them up in a, in a second. I think the one that that was a little bit disappointing was um, Samoa Joe signing back. I think everybody was kind of like, oh my god, imagine Samoa Joe. And again, it's not Samoa Joe of ten years ago, but okay, but still. That would have been that would have been pretty fucking fun if that was able to to happen. Um, but there's guys that that you know that even bigger names. And again, the price tag is the issue for those guys. But the current crop that they just released, there's a there's a, some people I would cherry pick just to just to get a look see. You know what I mean? Just let's just see because because when Strong started, that's you know that's what it felt like. It was okay. It was like a just gigantic training ground and proving ground. I don't know. Maybe I'd, I'd be very curious. I'd be very curious. And I think that's that would be, again, bring him in, see how he works out, see how it, how it is. But, you know, don't, don't wheel out the two-year contract yet. But, yeah, I mean, there's there all those guys that you listed. Not many of them that wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in. Let's put it that way. Let's move on to the second match on Ignition, which was Clark Connors defeating Rocky Romero. 12 minutes, 4 seconds with the trophy kill. I, I like the sort of the dumb jock wrestler energy of Clark Connors, where at the start of the match he was inviting and eating all those leg kicks from Rocky just you know, to, to prove that he could take it. And I thought his selling was good. He sold his arm really well in this match. And But the, the story of the match being he just was too strong. He just overpowered Rocky. And I think this is a... And aside from being a, a good match, I thought it was a big win for Clark Connors, who's obviously eaten his fair share of pinfalls uh, on the, the wrong end of Rocky Romero matches. But now he's the winner here. So what did you think of the match? How significant do you think it is that he is the winner today? Good. I mean, I thought the match was good. And, yeah, it definitely was significant. I mean, he 
he even mentioned it in the post match, right? Uh, post match promo, how you know he lost numerous times to Rocky, even finally getting the win, and you know it was, meant a big deal to him. He's he's going to be an anchor, <laughs> an anchor. I, I mean that in a uh, good way, not like bringing down the roster. Anchor. He's <laughs> he's already really really good. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he already is already really, really good. That's the one thing, too, I'm a little bit concerned with, with Strong. The graduation process. Like, when guys get really good, are they going to get just get plucked away? Is it going to be like an NXT situation where guys get really good, talented, and you lose? Actually, you know what? But here's the thing. Here's what I have confidence in. It's not like they're going to go up to the main roster and then instantly turn into this fucking joke and get wasted uh, and get buried. Like, I don't have any fears of that. So, you know, th- 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 that graduation process might mean a little bit more <laughs> than, than the other. Uh, yeah, he's he's a stud. Clark Connors is a fucking stud, man. <laughs> like, uh, he could go right now. He could go right now, main roster. And I don't think he, he would miss a beat. He, would, he wouldn't miss a beat. Yeah, totally agree. I think he's one of the best talents that they've got, um, either in the US or, or domestically, the whole company. And I'm really hopeful if, if he lives up to his potential, then very exciting things for Mr. Connors. Uh, third match was the Strong Openweight Championship with the champion Tom Lawler successfully defending against the challenger Carl Fredericks in 18 minutes, four seconds. Tom Lawler winning with the PK. Uh, what did you think of it, Ted? Because I know last week we were talking about how this is uh, a big test for Carl Fredericks to remind everyone why we were so excited for him after he won the Young Line Cup, which seems like ages ago. Yeah. Did he get you? Did he get the fires burning for you? A little bit. A little bit. It wasn't. It, the match wasn't a blowaway match. Um, the match was good. Um, I feel like there was something missing. I don't know if they kept something, on, you know, for future dates and future matchups. Um, again, I'm not shitting on the match. I thought the match was good. Maybe I went into it with higher hopes of kind of getting a little bit more blown away by it. Uh, I mean, I, I think everything I saw was good, right? I thought the strikes were good. Uh I like the fact that it was not a 35-minute match. I think they they had a good pace. What was it, like 20 minutes? Um, I, if, when, I, when it was all said and done, Joel, to me it felt like it was a setup for a future challenger for Tom Lawler, right? It felt like Kojima, this match was there so that Carl Fredericks could lose. Kind of get his ass kicked a little bit after the match. Kojima set up, and away we go. Um, which is okay. I don't know. I just kind of wanted a little bit more of a, of a shine on the spotlight for Carl Fredericks. I don't know. That, that's yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think I expected more. I had a high bar for this one. Um, and, yeah, I just I wasn't really sure about the optics at the end of the match of Carl Fredericks rolling around in the ring like, ah, oh, they, they beat me up. And like Kojima arriving as, oh, you know, here's the proper wrestler to save the day. You know, right. it, I, I don't think it was the 
the right way to present Carl Fredericks. He's still a young guy, you know. He's well, actually, he's not that young, is he? He's he's on the wrong side of thirty. Let me look up exactly how old he is. But I mean, relatively inexperienced. I mean, uh, when we talk about a wrestler's age, I think more significant than their age is you know how much mileage they've got because Correct. a guy like Okada is young you know he's not an old guy but he's he's wrestled so much and his body's taken so much punishment that uh in sort of wrestling years the the, the miles on the clock are, are pretty heavy so okay so Carl Fredericks was born 1990 so yeah he, he would be he's coming up to 31 so yeah, yeah not a, not a young whippersnapper but Definitely room for improvement there. Um, I I, just, I enjoy watching Tom Lawler all the time. I love the feel of his matches. It's a bit different to what we usually see with that sort of MMA influence. And he would be such a blast in Japan. Like I'm imagining Tom Lawler against Cho or, or Lawler versus Ibushi. That would be spectacular. Um, I, I, yeah, I saw some good stuff from Carl. I thought he's got good baby face energy, good selling. Um, I thought it was significant the way they protected the his finish in the Manifest Destiny with the rope break rather than... Uh, filthy Tom kicking out so the story beat being you know, just a little touch of inexperience there where a more experienced wrestler might reposition uh, their opponent for that finisher but uh, mm-hmm. Carl unable to get the job done and I, I like Tom Roller again mixing up with his finishers I love the flying PK you know, it looked like he nearly took his head off and, and I like the, the shit housing at the end um, what do you think of uh, Kojima challenging and his promo is I will kick your ass <laughs> that was really funny yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, maybe somewhat limited in English. He just needed to get right to the point. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's it, – but again, it did feel a little bit like, just like you said, okay, now here comes the, 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 the big boy wrestler here to save the day. And I'd rather have Fredericks because he's the guy that's going to be sticking around, pardon upon, be a little – be a little bit of of the guy uh, that was stronger um, to kind of I don't know. It just felt like again he was and it, he it, young guy blah blah blah. We get it. It just felt like uh, I it was it was uh, you know he needed Kojima to help make a save. I, I don't know. It just. Am I looking forward to the match? Yeah, 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 I guess. I guess, right? I don't know. Am I looking forward to it, Joel? Are you looking forward to it, Joel? Uh, I haven't been blown away by what I've seen from Kojima so far. I think he's a wrestler who got so few opportunities since he returned from injury back in, what would that would have been like, 2018 or something, yeah. that uh, a lot of us sort of romanticised I mean, obviously, he was he was he was a great wrestler back in the day, but we oh, yes. perhaps sort of overblew how good he is now. And from what we saw at Wrestle Kingdom against Kenta, and what we've seen from uh, his little trip to the states so far, I think I have more realistic expectations from what we can see from Kojima. Although, having said that, the the match with Will Ospreay earlier in the year was was tremendous. So, um, I'm not sure what to expect here. I I would be pleasantly surprised with. And a nice sort of tidy fifteen minute four star match. I'll, I'll be really happy with that. I think. Yeah, but and again, to me, I, he can still go. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of feel like he need, like you. You mentioned that that um, was it. Will Osprey was it? Um, he, you know, I don't know if Tom Lawler is the guy that's going to be 
bumping around for Kojima. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, this is going to be a pretty mat-based pro wrestling match, don't you think? Yes, I mean, it's certainly not going to have the, the amount of gimmicks as the Osprey match did with all the, the weapons and tables and stuff. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to be seeing some strikes. I think we're going to be seeing some mat work. I can't imagine things getting too out of control. Do you have a question here from Sean? He says, who would be your next two challengers for Filthy Tom? So, I mean, we have one already. Is there anyone who is in the States or maybe in Japan who you think, yeah, I would love that person to to challenge Tom Lawler next? I mean, I've given a couple and I, I thought just in terms of sort of stylistic matchups, people like Sho and Ibushi would be really fun to watch. Suzuki would be a good one. Um, anyone in Japan or in the States who you would like to see mix it up with Filthy Tom? Uh, in, the, in the States, Clark Connors. I'd like to see him. I mean, you you would think by getting a win over Rocky, that kind of helps him and elevates him a little bit, right? To start getting some shots. Uh, maybe he needs another singles win. I don't know. Uh, States, yes. I mean, like Suzuki. <sighs> maybe even like a Goto or uh... <laughs> I was going to say Zach. Wouldn't Zach be cool? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah. again, like the, the submission scrambles yeah. would be really spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, I think those, like if I could have three, I think those would be pretty cool to say. Yeah, I would go, I would go there. Uh-huh. Yep. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards... It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. 
you can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. And a question from Luis. He says, now with the ever-rising popularity of New Japan Strong, would it be wise or not to increase the show's length? I would firmly say no. I love the fact that it is an hour or less. And I think that plays to its strengths, works in its favour. I would not like to see it extended at all. Um, I mean, I don't know... That, that would be fine for fans. I mean, if you're buying a ticket, you're going to see a, a taping. So you're going to see, what, three or four yeah. shows taped together. So I don't see an issue with keeping it one hour. One hour is a perfect time. Perfect. Absolutely perfect time. No need to stretch it out. Um, because here's here's what it does best. It leaves you wanting more. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a, It's an easy watch. These are these are things that you, as a pro wrestling fan, you would think. Well, no, give me more. I want I, you know, shove it down my. No. Trust me, you like it because because you are left wanting more, um, and I think they do a really good job of that. No, I don't think this should stretch it out. Now, again, if they have a big show, uh, like you know, I mean, obviously the one coming up is going to be more than an hour. Um, you know, big shows, of course, stretch them out a little bit. Um, if they want to do like you know quarterly specials, I think which would be a pretty good idea. Um, but again, they, they get stretched out for, for the weekly show. Nope, keep it an hour. Keep it an hour. Let's move on to talk about some upcoming shows in Japan. So we have on this Thursday, July the first, in Korakuen Hall. We're continuing on uh, Kizuna Road, and we have three matches. Headlining, well, three matches. Headlining. Well, third match, special singles match, Yoshihashi versus Hiroyoshi Tenzan. Fourth match, special singles match, Hiroki Goto against Satoshi Kojima. And then the main event, a special singles match between Tomohiro Ishii and Yuji Nagata. And then the next day on Friday, July 2nd, also at Korakuen Hall, we are getting Kota Ibushi versus Yotosuji and Yuya Uemura against Shingo Takagi, which I think are two very interesting matches. And then our main event is the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championship match being defended yet again a week wow. after the, the last defense. So we have uh, the champions, Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto, defending against the dad challengers of Nagata, Kojima, and Tenzan. So from those matches I've reeled off to you, uh, I, I think there's some really exciting stuff here. There's some previous, for those singles matches at least, so Tenzan and Yoshihashi faced each other in the New Japan Cup in 2020. And, you know, if you said to me, even a year ago, that Yoshihashi versus Tenzan will be a match I'm looking forward to, I would have called you a filthy liar. Because, you know, that prior to 2020, that's a match I look at on paper and be like, yuck, these guys both suck. I hate them. This match is going to be boring. But they, I think, you know, Yoshihashi, we, we always talk about how much he's improved. He's come on leaps and bounds. And Tenzan is a guy who always delivers in the singles matches. You know, you can hand wave him in the multi-man tags. You know, why, why would he 
bust his body to, to try and put in great performances from that because that's not what they're for but I think anytime he's asked to deliver in a singles match I thought he had a really good singles match with Osprey in the New Japan Cup this year the last time they met in the 2020 New Japan Cup I thought he was really really good that was a tremendous match these two guys just beat the hell out of each other um, Ishii Nagata they also met in the 2019 New Japan Cup which uh, again was a, a match that got really high praise a lot of people love that one there's a lot of people's uh, match of the year lists until later on in the year. Uh, Goto Kojima, surprisingly, I, I, I think that was last in like 2013, unless I'm mistaken. Wow. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to these singles matches. And and of course, the, the never openweight six-man tag match, which always delivers in these uh, Korakuen Hall big main event spots. And those two Young Lion matches. I think there's really exciting stuff there. Yeah, the Young Lion matches, I'm, I'm definitely thrilled for. Um, they've The Gauntlet matches have always delivered. Um I'm surprised at the dates that you rattled off there. The last time those guys were in singles matches together. That's pretty... Because if, if you rattled off those names, the, your first thought process is, oh my God, I've seen these a million times. And you really haven't. You really haven't. Um, so that's interesting. Okay. Um, I think for me, when it comes to the Yoshihashi Tenzan, I'm just, I want New Japan to have the balls to give Yoshihashi the singles win. Like the clean, in the middle, singles win. Like that, that that, surely that's the most likely outcome, isn't it? I I would hope. I would hope. I mean, again, we're we're setting up the the never six man, right? So we got to give the people some doubt in their heads that Goto and Ishii and, and Yoshihashi can successfully defend. And what easier way to do that is than to give the the dads wins over these guys, right? In these singles matches. So, right, so I see what you're saying. So do you think at least one of the dads has to win? Oh, yes. I think that's a, I th- I, that has to be a guarantee, right? Mm. So who, the, who's your money on then? Who do you think? I think... Uh, you know what I mean? I think... Mm. Look, right, let's put it this way. You think Goto is doing the job? Wouldn't shock me. I mean, you you got to hit up Kojima for his big challenge against Filthy Tom. I don't know if there's that sort of continuity between the uh, Japan division and the US division, but to me, that would make sense. I think Nagata can beat Ishii. I don't think that hurts Ishii at all. No. Uh, he's, right. he's pretty Teflon as far as wins and losses go. So I think there's there's two that you could do. I mean, maybe Goto losing clean to Kojima might raise a few eyebrows and make Goto look like a geek, but when's that ever stopped them before? All right. But I'm just saying, like, if I'm, if I'm a betting man, a guy who notoriously has been the pin eater, again, in the past... Yoshihashi, right? And again, we're trying to rehabilitate him. We're trying to... Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't, it would not shock me. And and I would hope that they wouldn't. But it would not shock me to see Yoshihashi looking at the lights. Uh, Dr. Gary asks, uh, really excited for third generation versus chaos for the Never Sixes, but just checked, and it's singles on July 1st and championship July 2nd. Do you think they should have drawn out the story a lot more? Seems like there's more meat on the bone. Or do you think this is fine for just a, uh, a quick defense? Or actually, do you think that they're going to successfully defend? Or do you think the, yeah. the dad's team is a good one to hand the titles over to? Eventually, they're going to lose, right? 
They've held those never titles for a long time, right? Uh, I don't know. And, and, you know, as much as we love their matches and we love to see uh, Yoshihashi with a little bit of a spotlight, they're going to lose those belts eventually. And this is a... This is a team that they could lose to, <laughs> right? I you could you could see this, but here's the thing too. Okay, all right. Let's let's weigh this. Let's put, let's 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 put the pros and the cons out on the table. These titles they put on the burner and off the burner, and if they gave these titles to Tenzan, uh, to Kojima, or excuse me, to uh, yeah. The dads. That, you could, you know, they hold it, defend it every once in a blue moon, and, you know, they treat it like the way they did before. They have something special now with Ishii and Goto and Yoshihashi, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's like a, 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 a thing that they're actively pursuing when it comes to these never six-man titles. I say they don't do it. I say they don't do it. And I don't want them to do it. And I would be disappointed if they did do it. I think it is another successful chaos defense. Uh, And if we're looking ahead at who, you know, this is a, a really great title reign, I think. And, they built up a lot of prestige for those titles. So I think when they do eventually lose, it should be to the right people. Here's uh, another question from Sean. who says, thoughts on the United Empire taking the Neverbelts off Chaos? So what would you say to, you know, maybe like a Okan, Cobb, Hinare team? I love it. Those belts? Because here's what you do with those titles. You keep them at a, a, a good level, right? You've built up a lot of momentum with the, the champions that you have now, let's let's continue to ride that wave. And I think passing the titles to a team like that would be so much better than giving them to the dads. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. And also, I would think, I don't, I don't want to say guaranteed, but the likelihood of having good matches continuing with those titles... Um, is much stronger. So, yeah, let's. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that one at all. None. Yeah, me too. I think that's the right mix of guys who are experienced and guys who are hungry and, and talented would use those belts as a, a platform to sort of launch themselves and, and prove that they are worthy of um, big stages in New Japan. Um, well, sticking with that topic, there's more of a sort of fun, fancy booking question. Uh, so Sean says, which faction outside of New Japan would you have challenged for the six-man belts? Uh, if you know of any, uh, personally, I would love to see the Simone Dynasty challenge this year. And Jay Cafe, and I mean, actually, let's give the man his props here, because uh, Jacob Austin Young, he's a, an FSW tag team champion and, of course, friend of the podcast. He's one half of Death Proof along with Cutthroat Cody. You know, this is a man who knows a thing or two about tag team wrestling. Uh, so he asked, for fun, create an original trio to take on the current champs. Mine is Rocky, Ibushi, and Game Time Taguchi. So uh, for me, Damon, I, I'm going to make a new trios team called um, Death Hammer, which consists of Death Proof and current FSW heavyweight champion, 
Hammerstone in a cross-promotional dream match. The forbidden door that you never know uh, you wanted smashed open by the Death Hammer Boys. So that will be my uh, fantasy books trios team to take on the the Chaos Champs. Uh, what about you? Are there any guys, <laughs> three guys from another promotion in fantasy land that you would like to see uh, take on Goto, Ishii and Yoshihashi? Wow. And again, we're trying to make this as realistic as possible right i'm not I mean we're not going to take fucking kenta miyahara and you know jake yeah, could Lee. be that yeah, yeah if you want to do yeah and suwama go crazy <laughs> really oh. okay we're going that high all right then do yeah. that yeah okay fine perfect we'll, so we're we'll going go uh keiji muto <laughs> right 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 we'll take uh you know uh fucking top guys of a promotion we'll akiyama just, yeah yeah i mean come on all right, yeah, fine. If that's if those are the rules, I'll do that. That's great. All right, uh, let's go on to some questions then. Classic Cat says, with things opening up, when do you start to debut the LA Dojo boys like Carl Fredericks and Alex Coglin in Japan? I mean, wouldn't you think if there was a possible way, you got a lot of stadium shows in in right around the corner, right? Wouldn't that be a nice little spot? Something interesting happened there. Again, I don't know what the protocols are at this point. I'm, I'm, who knows? But you know, with vaccine vaccination cards in hand, could that be a possibility? Having somebody debut there, having a lot of people debut there, having a little, uh, having a little fun with strong, right? Big spotlight. Somebody make a name for themselves. Why not? Right? You think? You th- let's let me ask you. Do you think we see anybody from Strong on any of these outdoor shows? Oh, so tempted to say yes, but I I would say no, just because I think they would want to keep them in the U.S. for the sort of rollout of Strong in front of fans. So I think they are. That's in September, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we got dome shows in July. Summer struggles. I just think there's a lot of un- uncertainty in the US Japan travel at the moment. So I don't think that's something that they'll be doing. It would be great if they did. You know, I've been saying for months now that I want the big strong invasion, but I would be surprised if it happens this early. I would too. That would be two. Um, so you're saying less than 20% chance, right? Yeah. All right. Joel just tweeted out, by the way, just recorded what might be our best Manscaped segue ever. You should do you agree with that, first. or do you think I've overhyped it? No, I think it's good. I think it's good. Nice and long. We did a, <laughs> That was a long one. <sighs> We're good. We're pros. This is great shit, Damon. Uh, Vase Collector says, could you conceive of bigger Noah or All Japan names like Nakajima or Kenta Miyahara making their way to New Japan at any point in the future? I don't yeah. think so. Just it's like the sort of cultural, political thing there that it's, it's you don't do that stuff. Once you're the ace or not even necessarily the ace, but when you're a prominent fixture of uh, another pro rest company, you just, you don't do that. You don't jump ship to another one. Yeah, no. Um, and, and, not for nothing, we have plenty of talent um, that we that sometimes it feels like we struggle with finding things to do with and keeping it interesting. And um, 
Nah. I mean, again, we talked about it before. Guy popping in once or twice. You know, we had Noah guys in G1 a few years ago when there was the, the working relationship that they had with Noah um, and, you know, part ownership stake and all that stuff. And I can't say things will never be that way, but um, yeah, I don't see that for the foreseeable future. Uh, Sky says, trying to put aside recency bias as best as you can, which decade had the better tournaments and competitions? The champion carnivals of the 90s or the G1s of the 2010s? Ooh. Champions Carnival in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s was pretty fucking spectacular. Um, and And I think they beat the G1s of that era. Let's put it that way. Um, that's a great question. I think that a tournament like 2014 was really kind of like the beginning of oh shit, G1 is is fucking spectacular, and the difference being was. It felt like every night there was something you could sink your teeth into. And I don't necessarily believe that that was the case with Champions Carnival until you got later in the tournament. Like your your semifinals and your finals and stuff like that. Um, and even the tag tournaments, you know, was that too. You had matchups that were sexy on paper, but it really didn't feel like they turned into anything spectacular um, until the end. Um. I'm going to say G1 only because, and again, modern G1, because, again, you could get a fucking great match, a spectacular match on, you know, on night five, you know, and night six and night seven, you know, um, and you didn't have to necessarily wait until the finals or the semifinals or something around there. And that's not to say that, that, that like all Japan didn't have those matches sprinkled in there during the tournament, but you knew in G1 that you really couldn't afford to miss a night because you, you were almost guaranteed that at the very least the main event being spectacular. So I would tend to lean toward G1, but tr- I mean, I have, I have a compilation of every champions carnival final ever. Um, and it's, again, that time period, late eighties, nineties is unbelievably spectacular. So, um, yeah, but again, for, for quality of a whole tournament, I would have to say G1. And I've got another one for you here from Dr. Poodle Papo says, sports Damon's hot take on MLB's new ruling on sticky stuff. Can you explain (laughs) that for the uninitiated, please? Yeah. All right. Uh, so the dynamic, all right, so a pitcher will use, um, various substances to get more spin on a baseball. So, uh, they might use like the rosin, like you would use, like if you're a bowl or that white powdery stuff, um, or they might use back in the day, they would use like Vaseline or they would use, um, um, like a, a mixture of like bubble gum and so just to get a little bit more grip on a ball 
on a baseball so that when they throw it, you know, to get a curveball or to get a slider or whatever, it rolls off your fingertips. So when in the throwing motion, the baseball kind of rolls off the fingertips. And the more spin that you can get on the ball, Joel, you can make the ball do different things, right? Now, to be able to control that is is the skill of being a, an elite pitcher, but that's the concept, right? So in modern baseball, there's this sticky substance that uh, I think it was called spider glue or whatever it is. But it's like it, – it's kind of like, you know, a, like a crazy glue or a gorilla glue or whatever fucking brand, you know. And it's very tacky and it lets the ball stick to your fingertips longer so that when you when you release and you flick, you're really getting a lot more spin. And again, the ball is doing crazy shit. So pitchers would like have a little bit on their the brim of their hat or – on their glove or wherever they would hide it. Now it's technically illegal, but it's kind of like an unwritten thing that you know pitchers did, right? Well, there's been enough craziness with pitchers and and batting percentages and, and slugging percentages and all the, the the offensive metrics are down. People are like, "Well, it's the fucking pitchers, man. They the fucking doctor in the balls and blah blah blah." So at the end of innings, right? So a pitcher, you know, one, two, three, three outs. Uh, at the end of a, an, an inning, the umpires will randomly just check the pitchers, and the pitchers have to like take off their hat, t- take off their glove, give the glove to the, the umpire, and like unbuckle the belt. It's ridiculous. It's like they're going through a TSA checkpoint, um, and it's ridiculous. And there's been arguments, and it's delayed the game, and it's made it just fucking more unbearable to watch. Um, what do I think of it? I think, look, I think everybody should have it. I think everybody should do steroids and everyone should have stickiness on the pictures, you know, have sandpaper, whatever they want. Scuff the ball. I don't give a shit. Just play the game, right? Everybody can cheat as much as they want. Just play the game. Uh, I don't, it's, it really just, it's just slowing the game down. It's just so, it's so ridiculously boring, but yeah. There you go. That, that's my that's uh, baseball Damon for you. Huh, that's a very very strange situation. I was completely unaware of that, but uh, yeah, yeah, interesting to find out about that. Uh, okay, Dan says I may have noticed this just because I'm a maniac who can catch the beginning uh, to end of each show through my workday. But have you guys noticed that the little pre-show segment on New Japan World has been doing a lot of features on Strong, introducing each wrestler, etc., on the Japanese commentary each show? Maybe a sign of the beginning of much more integration between the US and Japan alongside the US show later this year going forward. So yeah, what what do you think is the intention of shining this spotlight on the US division? Well, it's an easy way to do it, right? Um, it's just, it's a, an easy and simple way to do it. It's, it's still a New Japan Pro Wrestling product. So, you know, any way to get eyeballs on there, you don't have to, and I won't, I think jeopardize is the wrong word, but... Um, you know, it's the pre thing. So you're selling T-shirts, you're hyping up product, and strong is a new Japan product, and it's a you know an easy, simple way to do it. Um, a pre-produced segment, yeah, absolutely. It's uh... now, truth be told, I haven't seen it because I usually fast forward to the minute I see like people getting in the ring. <laughs> I usually don't see the opening stuff, uh, but. I mean, it's a kind of a no-brainer. It's, think of it as a commercial, and it's a commercial spot. So why why not? You know, it's a good way to do it. 
Yeah, I mean, this could just be a little way of New Japan saying to the uh, domestic audience, hey, Strong is good now, you just start watching it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it could just, just be simple as that. Um, okay, Mark says, with Hiromu Hurt and now Leo Rush and ACH retiring again, the junior division pool and even the strong junior pool of people who could do a best of Super Juniors tour is so incredibly thin. Do you think New Japan goes sniffing around other companies to sign someone or does the forbidden door swing the other way to bring a junior to New Japan? So what steps do you think New Japan take, if any, to remedy the thin junior roster with best of Super Juniors looming at some point later this year? With everything that's happened in the past two years, everything depends upon who they can bring in. So they can bring in people from Mexico. They can bring in people from Strong. They can bring in people from the United States. Um, they can bring in talent You know, from, you know, again, we talked about other promotions coming in. Sure, they've done that in the past. Um, so, yeah, if, if I think everything depends upon who they can bring in um, and, and the restrictions there. If they can bring people in, you'll have you'll have bodies and you'll have good bodies. Uh, if they can't, then yeah, you're going to see a lot of young lions. <laughs> That's what you're going to see. Is there anyone from AEW that you think would be good for best of the Super Juniors? Not that you necessarily think it would happen, because I'm not sure how happy Tony Khan will be about losing. I don't know. Let's say Darby Allen for um, a month or whatever. But uh, yeah, anyone from AEW that you think would be a good fit? Do they consider Darby Allen a junior? Uh, I, well, they don't have a sort of hard and fast, this is the heavyweight division, this is the junior division. If, if I'm not mistaken, they don't have a junior title per se. So, um, Like but, would Sammy Guevara be a junior? Uh, I think just eyeballing it, I think he would look fine and facing off against other juniors. Unlike Buddy Murphy. Have you seen the state of him? Oh, yeah, did you see him? God <laughs> almighty. Yeah. It's amazing what a body and genetics could do, can't isn't it? Jeez, Louise, he's he's, he's got to be. What do you think he's pushing? Over two fifty? Oh, I don't I don't know if it's that big. Two two fifty is like. He's big. Yeah. Maybe. He is enormous. Like he does look cartoonishly huge right now. Yeah, he looks massive. Like, and I don't mean like King Kong Bundy massive. I mean cut and it's all muscle. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that would have been one, but you know. That, yeah, he he looks like he ate the junior division of Japan <laughs> rather than wanted to compete in it. Right, I mean, God Almighty. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like. What do you think of Sammy Guevara? Yeah, he's a talented wrestler, very flashy. I think he would be absolutely fine in the best of Super Juniors. Yeah. I don't think he would do Super Juniors, though. Do you? Um, probably not. I, again, I would be very surprised to see uh, any AEW talent flying over to work New Japan shows in Japan this calendar year. I just think with all the, the travel situation, it's, it just seems too difficult. You want me to bring up something that is going to waste some time? <laughs> you see Will's you see Will's tweet? Oh god, no. Of course he's <laughs> uh he had a, a clip of him in the canny and he says uh I often wonder what it would be like now or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. I often wonder what would happen today. So it's yeah. I guess this maybe is from that 
um, Road to Tokyo Dome tag match. Tag match, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I've said it before. I think that is, if you want to do a big champion versus champion into promotional match, it wouldn't even have to be champion versus champion. Just that, I think, is a match that could sell a shitload of tickets. Probably, I think, maybe a match you want to do stateside, but even in Japan, I think oh, yeah. that, that could sell out a pretty big venue in Japan. Osprey let me, give you, let me give you a venue, if you don't mind. M-S-G. What's the question? Would it sell out MSG? Uh, yeah. Easy, easily, easily. It could sell out a venue easily. twice the size of that. Yeah. So, uh, let, let, me, let me say this. And I... And, and trust me, this is by no means me saying this is happening. This is not a sandwich of any type. That's 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 it. if they're if they're rescheduling dates and looking at Madison Square Garden, that's the match you put on. Now, again, there's a lot that would have to happen. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of fucking things that would go on. And 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 you also have to consider this. Why would New Japan, excuse me, why would AEW do that when, and I don't know how tickets are selling, but aren't they, like, they're, they're like, coming up the Northeast, Boston and other places. Um, I'd be curious to see how tickets are selling for those venues, because if they're them, they're like, okay, well, why would I do this? You know what I mean? Just to be in Madison Square Garden with you guys. Um, but let's just say in a perfect world, that's where you do that fucking match, and it would be that those tickets would go in half hour. They would go in a half hour. I I still think there's a huge appetite and market for Omega Okada Five in the states. Oh, crazy! You know, may, maybe you could have a situation where again, it's just crazy talk. Where New Japan let AEW have Okada, maybe Okada challenges for the AEW title in a big big show for AEW in the states, and then Kenny comes to work a, a New Japan show and they get to do Kenny against Ibushi and Tokyo Dome or, or whatever. But So yeah, maybe it's a question of sort of loaning wrestlers for uh, independently promoted shows rather than doing like a big cross-promotional thing. That's, that's, look, that's, that's good shit. <laughs> as a, as a, as a, as a older gentleman once said, that's good shit. Let's stick with the fantasy booking statement. Andrew says, fantasy booker, NJPW versus Glate UWF rules cards. Uh, no, I don't want to do that, Andrew, and I, I'm not going to. <laughs> I, I I don't know who is in the Glate. The uh, is it just New Japan guys I'm booking? Uh, okay, the Glate, <laughs> Glate roster. I don't Kiyoshi, know Tamura, Kazuyashi, Keiichi Sato, Takanori Ito, Soma Watanabe, Yu Izuka, Minoru Tanaka, uh, Sima, T-Hawk, L. Lindemann, Issei, Onitsuka, and Ryuichi Kawakami. I'm okay, let's have strong hearts uh, going after the <laughs> Never Six Man titles. So, <laughs> Sima, T-Hawk, L. Lindemann against Goto, uh, Yoshihashi, and Ishii. That would be fun. Let's do that. Yeah, but you can't go on the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, race collector says question for memorabilia Damon have you collected ah. many or any Japanese wrestling trading cards over the years as a sports guy were you ever a card guy too alright uh, do I have any cards uh, other than a Liger I think I have a Liger one um, no I didn't really get a, get a 
big wrestling trading cards. Um, but uh, I did at one point get into like I was a baseball card guy. I would have a lot on hockey. Um, I fun fact: I am I am on a hockey card, Joel, a legitimate real hockey card. I would love to see this. Maybe not right this second, but if if you have it, I will, I will let me see. see. Let me see. It might be it might be in arm's length. Stay with me. Stay with me here. Let me see. Uh, You're listening to Damon looks for things on Super J Cast. Come on. <laughs> Don't have it readily available. Uh, but yeah, it's me with a microphone with Claude Giroux of the Philadelphia Flyers. And it's, it's, on, it's an actual hockey card I'm on. So there you go. Thank you, everyone. Great stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, okay, another question then from Liam. He says, Hello, I think I found a Hinare Thirst TikTok which uh, the lad retweeted. No, I don't know why I was looking at his Twitter. Do with this knowledge what you will. So I've sent you the link. Oh. <laughs> now, I don't know what uh, Hinare's relationship status is, if he's seeing someone or he's single or he's in an open relationship or whatever, but if uh, he is free to do so, I, I would be immediately DMing this person. <laughs> being, hey, I, yeah. I heard you like my wrestling. Yeah, I like your editing. Uh, yeah, this girl is... Apparently into Hanari, all right, and yep, she. Do you think we'll ever see someone doing that with wearing a Super J cast T-shirt? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That's that's where my OnlyFans money is going. Uh, yeah, this girl's pretty smoking. Not for nothing. Uh, good old Hanari. Good for you, buddy. You got some fans out there. Got some fans. Yeah, this one. I th- Where did, but here's what I want to know. Okay, great. This young lady puts out this very sexy video. Uh, and Hanari is the uh is the uh recipient tagged. It says Hanari, watch out. Yeah. Uh wow. I'll tell you what, I'll send her a t-shirt. I'll buy the fucking t-shirt. <laughs> I'll send it right now. Where do I send it? Oh, my lordy lord. Fantastic. Um, where do people find this stuff? Like, how do people find this? Well, Hinari did retweet it. but uh, oh, well, yeah. oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> it was not hard to find. Uh, you know what? I, you know, if somebody did this for us, you're retweeting it. So I, I get it. Uh, all right. Very nice. Save it Look. first. Put it in the uh, hidden folder on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Then retweet. <laughs> but no, I'm glad to see someone's actually bought some United Empire merchandise. Yeah. She knows how to wear it. That's for fucking sure. Woo. Nice. All right. Very good. Nice. Good job. Uh, there. I'm, like, I can't even talk. I'm looking at it. <laughs> really? I, I don't even know what I just said. I think I just had a stroke. I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Fucking great. All right. Very good. What else we got? Uh, Rob has asked me a question about the TV show Invincible, but I need a bit of time to think about this. So, Rob, I'm going to come back to this one next week. Uh, Elliot says, not a question. I just want to shout out the time Damon was talking about how beautiful Miho Abe is. Then he paused for a few seconds and dreamily said, you ever wish you could just be in the body of someone like that, just so you can know how it feels to be so beautiful. So, Elliot, appreciating a very poetic moment from you, Damon. You you definitely are quite the wordsmith. 
I would love to imagine that. Just one, give me, give me one day in that. Give me one day in that. Just to, just to feel what that feels like. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah, you know, no, obviously you're not saying from sort of any kind of sexual angle, but just to sort of feel, just like, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. a beautiful person. You know, the confidence and the, the aura that you would project from being so bloody attractive. Yeah. It's not fair, is yeah. it? It's not. I saw a picture of me recently. I was like, I don't have any of that. <laughs> There's nothing there. I've been staring oh. at myself topless in the mirror for the last hour and 20 wow. minutes, Damon. I, I'm full of self-loathing. Got a, you got a boner? Is that what it is? <laughs> Uh, no, I hate myself. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, okay, uh, Rob says, I've not heard much more about the unrest of Western wrestlers, but how much do you think the recent issues have got out of hand because Rocky is US-based and in direct correlation? Is he the reason strong is, for lack of a better word, strong? Um, I I don't know exactly who is responsible for strong being so good. I'm, yeah, I, I'd like to think it's Rocky. I think it is Rocky. Let's, let's throw flowers at him. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, it's a team effort, I would think, right? But uh, if you know, we're 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 taking information that I think is common knowledge, Rocky is very influential when it comes to bringing in talent from the United States to Japan. Um, he does have uh, a voice in that locker room and and to management, and uh, you know, him being in strong is. You know, there's certainly not a uh, coincidence that, you know, when they bring in new guys, one of the first guys that they put him in the ring with is, is Rocky. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think he deserves uh, a lot of the credit, I would think. Right? And again, that that's mm. that's that's coming from a person who's never been in, in that locker room. So but just looking at it logically, you would think uh, he's a guy who has tons of experience, has a voice uh, in, in the company, period. Um and it's helping make stars. So, yeah, I think so. <laughs> There's an awful lot of shenanigans going on that side. Maybe one more question. Louis says, with Young Lions, Yuya and Suji going through their gauntlet matches, what opponents would Joel consider if he was going through a gauntlet like the Young Lions? Would he tangle with a roast beef sandwich, corned beef hash, ending it with a rematch of the NYC Ruben? Okay, so if this is like a sandwich gauntlet, yeah, those ones mentioned there. The, the MSG pastrami sandwich has to be in there. Um, this... Ban me uh, Vietnamese baguette I had oh, on yes. Ho Chi Minh. This was just like some random old woman street side vendor in the streets of Ho Chi Minh. And it was like, oh, Damon, th- th- literally the best sandwich I've ever had. I was like nearly in oh. tears just standing on the street side. <laughs> Mali, a friend was there. They were staring at me like I was a crazy person. I was just like each bite sobbing like, oh my God, this is like, <laughs> I've ruined sandwiches for myself. Don't uh, you love it when you have something like that and like you take your last bite your last bite is actually focused on, okay, when can I get back here to get another one of these? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're focused on the next time you get one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my dad makes really good BLTs. He does them really nicely. Like he toasts the inside of the bread so it doesn't go soggy. He's, he's got it down to a fine art. He's very sort of particular about things like that. So I, I put that in there. I miss him. I haven't seen him for three years. Um, what else? I like a... a Nashville hot chicken, is that something that typically goes in sandwiches? Because yeah. I've had that uh, fairly recently, and that was amazing as well. Yeah, that's, that's fucking great. Um, again, I live in, a, in an area where we're pretty proud of our sandwiches and uh, our, our, you know, our breads and rolls. and you know, We take a lot of pride in, the, in that kind of stuff. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, we call them the hoagies here, hoagies in this section of the United States. But you know, your 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 deli meats, Italian meats, cheeses, uh, that kind of stuff. But then we have the chicken cutlets with a little uh, broccoli rob and or spinach rob, a little garlicky, uh, or a fantastic chicken cutlet and some sharp provolone cheese. Oh, fantastic. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, pastrami sandwich is great. When you get it really stacked, like a real stacked one, there's a place in Newark we used to go to when we go up to uh, New Jersey Devils games right across the bridge from New York. Um, and they had a place that was just these sandwiches were fucking unbelievable. Um, yep, yeah, yeah. I want a sandwich now. <laughs> I just want to talk about sandwiches now. Uh, I yes. like a, a great sort of New York. Everything bagel with uh, cream cheese, smoked salmon, tomato, red onion, capers, uh, yeah. salt, uh, a bit of pepper, um, bit of maybe a little squeeze of lemon over it. There was an amazing sandwich I had in Florence. Um, there's a famous sandwich place there. I can't remember exactly what was in it. There was some sort of maybe some kind of spread with smoked eggplant aubergine, I want to say, and wow. some cured meat and local cheeses. That was incredible. Um, do you like do you like a muffaletta? Have you ever had a muffaletta? No. What's what's that? So again, it's it's kind of like an Italian sandwich, Italian cold cuts. Um, but then there's this uh, like an olive spread, like olives and peppers and like uh, olive oil and like a like a vinaigrette almost. Really a great taste. If you like olives, if you don't like olives, you won't like it. Um, but it's like a it's like a Louisiana staple. It's like a Cajun East state um, staple. Um, those are fucking good on a nice round roll. Oh, so good. Um, you know what I find? I had a conversation about this with Cheryl. So again, we're very proud of the area that we live in, in the sense of sandwiches. We feel like, okay, nobody's beating our fucking sandwiches. But with that being said, there's, I mean, and again, everybody can name the best place to get a cheesesteak, a chicken cutlet, a blah, 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 meatball sandwich, parm. Uh, as, as many as, as there are great, there are so many shitty ones around here. It's unbelievable. And it's like, how can this be allowed? <laughs> like, like, this is the place where you can't have that. Like, if you live in fucking Utah, okay, great. You know, you can have a shitty fucking sandwich. Not here. And yet, I can't tell you. I can, I can name the places that are shit. And I can name places that are great. And it should be a, 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 an unfair balance of great over shit, but yet I think it's pretty neck and neck, and that's that's depressing. That's sad to me. There's some interesting ones in. Oh, oh, this is good. Let's got an email here. Uh, mm, okay, I look like I'm going to be getting the Sinopharm vaccine on 5th of July. That's good. Oh, great. Yeah. Now I can go back to China. <laughs> I guess, of course. I mean, I could. Not too late. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, That's good. Nice. Right, so Thailand. One, one interesting sandwich they have here is an, a coconut ice cream sandwich. So it's like a kind of sweet brioche roll, a couple of scoops of coconut ice cream, sticky rice, uh, Ooh. peanuts, Ooh. and a drizzle of uh, evaporated milk. And it's really oh, I good. Fucking, I would destroy that. I, you know what? I'm, I'm I'm skipping over that tonkatsu sandwich. Oh, fucking, yes. Oh, I nearly bought bread. one yesterday. I saw one. And I thought of you. Oh. I miss that so much. I there's there's not a softer bread than that, and and that little tonkatsu sauce and the chicken. 
Holy moly, I missed that. That is like, and it's dirt cheap. It's like, ah, like, again, when people say like, oh, is it super expensive? It can be if you wanted to be in in Tokyo. Yeah, okay. You could, you could, you could spend a lot of money on a meal or you could go dirt cheap and eat still like a king. Those, those fucking sandwiches are tremendous. Oh, I miss them. I miss, I miss them. There's a great restaurant. It's a, well, it's a chain in. I think it's in, exclusively in Spain called Cien Montaditos, where uh, you can get all kinds of sandwiches, like kind of like mini baguettes. And if you go on a Wednesday, they've got a special menu where everything is one euro. So last time I was there, this was in 2018. I like a whole fucking plate of sandwiches, like ten of these sandwiches to myself, and they do sweet ones, like dessert ones as well, with like chocolate and jam and Oreos and stuff. Mm. Just looking at pizza Let me ask you this. Do you like do you like a panini? No, I, I, yeah, me neither. They're, they're fine. They're fine. It's not something I would go out of my way to eat. Though. I'll never wake up thinking, oh, I really fancy a panini today. Right. Right. I don't like toasted bread on too many sandwiches. Right? I don't... I, like a BLT's fine. But I, if you give me a choice, I'd rather have soft bread, a little crunch on the roll maybe, uh, a little chewiness. That's fine. I don't like toasted bread. I'm not a big fan. Not a big yeah. fan. Softer is better. I'm just thinking of other, uh, uh, from uh, Brick Lane in the East End of London. Uh, salt beef and oh yes, I've had that. Pickles. Yep. Wait, there is a stand. There is a grilled cheese stand at uh, Borough Market in London. <laughs> oh, I miss Borough Market. Right. Um, there's a grilled cheese stand there, and they have. Uh, onions and they grill it right in front of you and it's like a sourdough bread oh my god it is fucking unbelievable like you're standing outside it's a little cold out and you're eating these fucking sandwiches and it is fantastic that grilled cheese sandwich in borough market in london is the fucking bomb oh and i had a like a like a pulled pork sandwich there that was tremendous yeah borough market is so great Oh, I miss that. Have an incredible grilled chorizo, chorizo wrap there. Mm. Uh, that will be like when I go back to London eventually, whenever it happens, that will be one of the first places I go. How, how do you feel about sort of Mediterranean sandwiches like a, a, a giro or a, a fluffle pita, things like that? I love them. Love personally. it. Love them. They're great. Um, I've been on a bit of a hummus kick actually recently. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that. We have a place we get delivered every once in a while. Really good. Um, yeah, I like. There's not much that I don't like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you know um, I, I enjoy a nice croque monsieur or croque madame, the French what, style. What's that? So it's like a, f- a ham and cheese sandwich covered in. I think it's it's either got bechamel sauce on the top or the inside. Or it might be both, and then a little sprinkling of cheese, grilled cheese Ooh. on the top, usually like Gruyere cheese. If you have a croque madame, that's got a fried egg on top of that as well. But yeah, when back in the day when I used to go to France quite regularly, that was something I would really love to sit in a cafe with a croque monsieur and a, a diabolo, uh, uh, which is like a, I think, lemonade mixed with flavoured syrup. I like it with mint, mint syrup mixed with lemonade. So that's really, really good. Uh, wow. Man, I'm so hungry, Damon. Can we stop recording now so I can have something to eat? <laughs> I know. I, I think I've talked about every sandwich in the world. <laughs> we did. We, we did. It was sandwich mania. Excellent. All right. Yeah, let's wrap it up. I got work to do. You uh, have the family to see. Um, 
Any, uh, any, you want to give the listeners a little update? How, how we doing uh, uh, for Baby Watch Two? Um, Baby Watch Two uh, is he's starting to kick, which is oh. exciting. Um, making Mally's having a rough time with this. Well, rougher than Esther. Esther was a very easy, comfortable pregnancy for her, but she's getting very. Uh, lethargical. At least she claims she is. She might be used as an excuse <laughs> to <laughs> make me look after Esther for longer and do all the work around the house. But uh, yeah, all right. all right, good, exciting times, exciting times. New place, little one number two going the way. Boy, I tell you, living the life. Look at look at how it turns around. All right, wrap this dog up in a bow, please. I don't know. Don't wrap a dog up in a bow. Wreckcircle.com <laughs> forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to send some money put towards my childcare for I need it, guys. I've got, I've got not enough money to look after my... No, oh. just, just ignore that. <laughs> just send us money. Um, Discord link is in the show notes. Cobra Ka- at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Super Jcast for our t-shirts. Thank you to Editor Dan. You can find on Twitter at AllowsYHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. There's a very good episode of uh, Wrestling Omakaze, the year, uh, half-year roundtable where there were some... Uh, very interesting and, and thought-provoking ideas about New Japan on there, which uh, I will recommend people checking out. Uh, give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye.